James chapter 2, I want to paraphrase this, uh, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Hebrews 11 is where I want to go for the main text today. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we cannot see, for the act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors to set them above the crowd. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word for what we see created by what we do not see. Here it comes. By an act of faith, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain, for it, it was what he believed, not what he brought that made the difference. Verse 5, by an act of faith, Enoch, Enoch skipped death completely, for they looked all over and they couldn't find him because God had taken him. And we know on the basis of reliable testimony that before he was taken, he pleased God. Somebody shout a hallelujah. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. Verse 7, by faith. Noah built a, sh a ship in the middle of dry land. He was warned about something and he, that he could not see, and he acted on what he was told. The result, his family was saved. Verse 8, by an act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's call to travel to an un unknown place that would eventually become his home. When he left, he had no idea where he was going, but by an act of faith, he lived in the country, promised him, lived as a stranger camping in the tents, for Isaac and Jacob also did the same living under the same promise. Abraham did it by keeping his eye on an unseen city with real, eternal foundations, the city designed and built by God. By faith, Baron Sarah was able to become pregnant, old woman as she was at that time, because she believed the one who made a promise would do what he said. That's how it happened, that from one man's dead and shriveled loins, there are now people numbering into the millions, and everybody over the age of 65 shouts amen. Okay, everybody shout amen. <laughs> Jesus, thank you for humor, thank you for laughter. It's okay to laugh in church. It's okay to have a good time in church, and, and really, it's okay to have a party in church, regardless of what people want to say. God, we want to have a good time in your presence. We want to have laughter in your presence. We want to, to have a, a good, life-changing moment right here, right now, in this day. So I pray for every person. God, I pray for this word that goes forth, that you would, you would, you would use it and divide it and place it into everybody's life as you see fit. God, let us take something from this message, and God, apply it to our life. And I give you thanks in advance for all that you're, you've done and all that you're going to do. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray and everybody says amen. Amen. I'm going to preach to you from the subject, eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. Have you ever, uh, have you ever found yourself uh, in a situation uh, that, that, that took you off guard? Have you, you ever been, been, been through something? Maybe uh, you, you lost a job. Maybe you, you lost a spouse. Maybe you, you, you found yourself uh, in, in financial despair. Maybe you, you, you found yourself dealing with something that you did not plan on dealing with. Anybody at all? You maybe ha have a bad report from the doctor. Maybe you, uh, you, you've got some things going on with, with your children. Maybe you have some things going on in your house. Maybe you have some things going on at your workplace. But something, something is going on that you are having to face. And you're wondering, you're wondering, God, why am I having to go through what I'm currently having to go through? You ever asked that before? 
You know, one of the number one asked questions that we get emailed into our church, one of the number one questions we get Facebook DM to our church uh, is a question that goes something like this. Uh, it w- they, they start off telling their story and then they, they, they go internal with it and said, you know, I'm having a hard time believing that God is real based on what I'm having to walk through. Is this normal? I don't know about you, but let me just level the playing field. There have been things in my life and situations that I've had to walk through that I have had to take a moment and say, God, are you really even out there? Like there are things, there are circumstances and situations that have hit me square in the face. Things that I prayed for, things that I believed for, things that I were hoping for, things that I fasted for, things that I I prayed for, things that I were hoping for, and the things that I thought God was going to do. There came a time where he did not exactly do what I thought he should have done. And I've asked the question, God, are you even real? See, I think, I think faith, if we're all honest, we, we all would, would say that there had been a season of our life where we needed more faith. You ever needed more faith? You ever walked through a situation wishing you had more faith? You, you, ever, you, ever, you ever been diagnosed with cancer and wish you had more faith? You ever, you ever had to bury a son or a daughter and wish you had more faith? And I feel like if we're all honest today, this message will resonate with every single person in every single seat because at some point or another in your life, you will actually ask God, can you give me more faith? What is faith? Let's talk about that for a moment. What is this thing called faith? Like we talk a lot about it at our church, right? If you go to church any length of time or you've heard anybody preach or you've been involved in any church, you've heard this word called faith. Like, like, what is faith? Like, we all know the biblical example. We all know the biblical definition. Faith is the substance of things that we hope for, the evidence of things not seen. But preacher, that don't do nothing for me. Like, what does that mean? What is faith? Well, let me tell you how you spell faith. R-I-S-K. You don't spell faith, S-E-E. C-O-M-F-O-R-T-A-B-L-E. You spell faith by, I spelled comfortable, by the way, in case you guys were, what did he just spell? <laughs> I spelled it right, didn't I? So faith is, spe- faith is spelled risk. Like, like if you want faith, take a risk. And so how, how do we get more faith? Is like faith something that God will just give me? Like can you just get up today and say, God, open up the windows of heaven and pour out on me more faith. That ain't how it works. Like, can, can you write a check in and, and the memo? More faith and put a seed in the soil. Don't work that way. Can, can, can you come to church and worship with abandonment and expect as I worship? God, give me more faith. Don't work that way. You, you, know, you know how you get more faith? Take more risk. Okay, let me help you out. You know how you get more faith? Be willing to walk through more fire. The only way faith is activated and birthed in your heart in the life of a believer is when you are willing to go through things not knowing where he's taking you. It's called eyes wide shut. 
Like every place God wants to take you, it'd be so easy if you could see where he was taking you. It would be so easy next week if I could present to you a beautiful layout of what God's going to do with all the money we're going to give next week. And it's not going to be 80,000. It's going to be more like a half million because I've got faith. But it would be so much easier because we're not going to let our people off thinking we can get by with $80,000 on 1,800 people. That's no faith. That's, that's safe. But it'd be so much easier if we could just show a picture of the deal center after we had to spend $1.4 million to put money into it to make it what we want. It would be so much easier saying, hey, if you give, this is what's going to happen. But you know what God says? Just plan it. See, because as, as a farmer... The thing I love about the seed analogy is that you don't know how many ears of corn are gonna come off that stalk. What do you, what's the farmer do? He just puts the seed in the soil. Because in, in, in our relationship with Christ, it's, it's eyes wide shut. I mean, if you, if you knew that you're gonna go through this trial and then you're gonna get blessed on the other side, you'd be able to walk through it. But, but, but when it comes to Christ, he always wants you to step on ground that you cannot see. He'll always ask you to do something that you're not willing to do. He'll always stretch your, your, your thinking. He'll always, he'll always, he'll always ask you to do more than you are willing to do and or catch this able to do, but that's why it's called faith and that's why it's called God. We just do what we can do. We just show up and just be, and just be natural and God will put a super on it. It's this thing called faith. Wouldn't it be so much easier if we just saw the better marriage? Oh, you want me to join a marriage small group? Are you crazy? And share what's going on in my house? Amen. It's blind faith. How about the blind man that was encountered Jesus in the New Testament? What did he do? He let, he, he let, he let, him, he let him out. In other words, when you're walking with Jesus, sometimes you don't see clearly when you first meet him. Because he's after your, your faith. It's, just, it's faith, it's faith. So, so, so what, what, what is faith? Well, well let, me, let me tell you what faith is. Faith is, 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 is believing for the best when experiencing the worst. Faith is, faith is getting a bad doctor's report, but having enough faith in you to say, my God is a healer. And let me tell you, God still heals. Keith Roberts was here at nine o'clock. He, he, three weeks ago, was diagnosed with colon cancer. And he came to our, our church on a, on, a, on a Tuesday night and we gathered together in the kids' lobby and I anointed him with oil and I laid hands and we had a lot of people praying and believing in faith. And this past Monday, he texted me and said the cancer is absolutely nowhere to be found in his entire body. That's the healing power of God. That's called faith. Now, if that was your dad, you wouldn't stay seated. If that was your husband, you wouldn't stay seated. You might just take a lap for the glory of God because our God is still a healer. It's when our faith meets his faith, miracles can take place. And so that's what faith. Faith is, faith is, is, is walking through hell, but still declaring his peace. Faith is, faith is so much more than something that, that is happening on me. It's faith is what's happening in me. It's not something that I can see. Because if I can see it, how many people know you'd go for it? Faith is sometimes what you can't see. Why do, why do I worship with my hands lifted? Because I trust that my God can see him. Why do I sing 
from the top of my lungs. It ain't because I got a good voice. <laughs> but I trust that my God can hear me. Why do I bring my family to church week in and week out? And why, 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 do, I, why do I drag them sometimes to church? And why do I, why do, I do it? Because I know that what his word says, that if, if I raise them the right way, when they grow older, they will not depart from it. And so it's this thing called faith. Why do I give part of my resources back? Why do I honor God with the tithe of, of my income? Because I know that God can do more with my 90 than I can do with 100. And it's just my job to put seed in the soil. And if I plant enough, I'll reap enough. If I continually plant in the soil of God, there will not be a moment and every tither in the room can stand up and testify that there has not been one time in your life that you have ever been without and it's not because you know how to manage money it's you know where to deposit and invest the money into the kingdom and the soil of God I'm sorry I'm getting excited again let me just tone it down faith so, so, so faith let's, let's, I'm not going to use this today it's faith, it's faith, it's faith and so like is this what faith looks like? I got faith I got faith. Do you get faith? I got faith. This is awesome. I'm a Christian. I got faith. Oh, gosh. I got faith. You guys got faith? I got faith. This is, this is, this is what some of us think happens when you, when you get saved. I mean, it's not about the shirt that you wear. It's about the seed that's in your heart. It's, 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 is this faith? Like, is faith what, this is what we put on? Like, when we get, you know how weird we'd be if we'd walk around with a, I'm a, I'm a weird Christian. You mean to pray for you? Come here, let me lay hands on you right now. I'm a Christian. Weirdest people in the world are Christian people. But so, like, is this, so is it true? <laughs> She's grew up in church, you know. But like, so is this what faith is? Is like faith just wearing a sign that you're a Christian? Because a lot of people think this must be what it's about. It's not about really the sign that you wear. Like, it's, I'm, 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 I'm more interested in what you do. Like, I'm not worried about what number you are. Like, I'm not worried about what jersey number you are. You have a jersey, who cares what, what number you are? You're on the team, like you don't need to wear it. Like, is this faith? Is this what it looks like to have faith? Like, to walk around like on street corner preaching? I'm a Christian, I've got faith. And then sometimes like, I told I wasn't gonna use it, but I think I wanna use it. Well, and then like, you know, Matthew five, he talks about like being the light of the world, right? Like, so like people get saved, like, I don't got no light. <laughs> yeah, dude, I just tricked you. And so, so is this what happens? Like when you wanna be the light of the world? Like you just, I'm a Christian. The, the Bible says, let my light shine before men that they would see my good deeds and glorify my Father in heaven. This is what some of you look like. Oh, my light's shining so brightly. I got faith. This is so nice. And so everywhere you go, like you think like this is what it's like, like it's my robe. Like is this, is this, is this what it means like to let your light shine before men? Like, are you, do you have to get a billboard? Like, you have to get a billboard and you have to get, like, these lights and you, you have to do all that to let people know that you're a Christian? No, 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 no. What the, what the Bible's saying is simply by the way that you act, 
by the way that you live, by the way that you respond, by the way that you give, by the way that you forgive, by the way that you invite, it's by your actions that people would know that you got faith. That, that faith, James says, faith without works is dead. That's what, that's what James says, James 2, if you paraphrase it, faith without works is dead. And then Apostle Paul says that without faith, it is impossible to please God, right? So you have two great heroes of the faith. Arguably Paul, the greatest pa preacher, pastor, Christian to ever, ever walk on, on planet earth was saying that, no, 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 it's, it's only faith. It's, you only need faith. Without faith it's impossible, but you don't, you don't need works, you just need faith. But then James says, I don't, I don't know if he's talking to Paul, but when I read it, like I'm thinking like, like was he just like, like, was it like Baptist versus Pentecostal? Like were they just kind of like, Church humor, you'll get it later. Because was James like saying, no, Paul, you got it all wrong. See, it's not about just having faith. You gotta have faith and works. And so is James right and Paul wrong? Like, is the Bible contradicting itself, right? I, I knew it wasn't right. I knew the Bible was full of contradictions. Who's right? Can I say that they both are? Because what James is saying is exactly what the Apostle Paul is saying. Without faith, what's faith? Faith isn't a feeling. Faith isn't something that you feel your way through. Faith has to be an action. So what the Apostle Paul was saying was the exact same thing James was saying. James just chose to say it in a different way. So as a Christian, hear me, you have to be willing to work your faith. Faith has to be an action. Faith isn't something that you feel, but faith is something that you build your life from. It's this thing called faith. It's when, it's when all hell breaks loose. What, what, what comes out of you? It's faith. And if we're honest, can we all just be honest and say, man, I need more faith? Like every great hero of the Bible had to have faith. We read it in Hebrews 11 today, by faith. I didn't even read all 34 verses. I could have and you'd have got bored with it. But it goes on and on and on and talks about all the great heroes of the faith. And I didn't even read the most important part, which is verse 13 that said, and all of these great heroes of faith died not receiving the promise. Wow, that's encouraging. Yeah, I know. That all the great heroes died? Throw that verse up there. Not receiving the promise? Throw it up there. Each one of these people of faith died not yet having in hand what was promised, but still believing. That's called faith. Do you, do you think, like, let, let's pick out Noah. Like, Noah's such a great character of the Bible. Like, and it's so, it's so much fun to talk about him because think about what he had to go through. Like, Noah was, was, was trying to just raise his family and he's trying to do right, and all of a sudden God speaks to him and says, hey, listen, I'm going to be ready to flood the earth. I need you to build a boat. Now, up to this point, listen, many, many people way smarter than I am, way, way more solid in the word than I am. This is what they would say, that up to that point, Noah had not even seen it rain yet on earth. Yeah, I bet you would go buy a hammer. And Noah, listen, it's gonna, it's gonna rain, I'm gonna flood the earth. What, what, you're telling me that moisture? See, I don't think, in the early days, you know, the weather wasn't like it is in Parkersburg, always dreary and gloomy. It was probably beautiful. 
there's a good chance he never even seen a freaking cloud. You're telling me you're going to make what happen? You're telling me that you're going to cause drops of rain to come down and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to have it rain so much that you're going to flood the earth and I've got, got to build a boat? I've never even seen a boat! But yet God gives him specifics on what to do and what the measurements were and what kind of wood he was going to use. And how do you think it felt when Noah swung that nail into the first piece of wood. Nope. And he kept going and he kept going and he kept going because it was his faith that pleased him. What if you don't see it? Do you have enough faith to do it? Like we get all the great heroes of the Bible. I mean, I love Noah. I love Joshua. I love the story of Joshua. Like, I, I, love, I mean, Joshua was so amazing. He and Caleb, and hey, they were part of the 12 spies when Moses sent out to see the promised land, and they came back with a good report, but it's always the negative people that keep the good people from inheriting the promised land. And I think we can do it. And later on, he finally gets a chance to lead the people, and he's there getting ready, and he sees the walls of Jericho. He knows what the promise of God already spoke over his life. He knew that God had given it to him, and he says, all right, guys, now picture the people he's rolling with. Like, they're Thor-looking dudes. Big old bulging biceps. I picture just like big old burly beards and like those big old axes with the spikes on them. That's what I picture his people. Maybe y'all don't. Maybe you're more spiritual than I am, but that's how I picture it. And I feel like Joshua's like, got a revelation from God and said, here's, what, here's how you're going to do it. I need you to march around the walls once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, I need you to march around seven times. And then after you do it, blow the trumpet. That's, that's how I'm going to give you the promise. See, I want you to get a bunch of people in this little place called Parksburg that they, don't, that they, don't, they won't understand. They're going to say that you're, you're embezzling the money and they're going to want to say all this stuff. But what I want you to know is there's a promise that lies ahead. And, and I, just, I, just want, I just want you to have enough faith because people are going to leave and people are going to talk and they're going to be stupid on Facebook and ask questions that don't even mean nothing. And, 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 and here's, but I, here's, what I, here's how I'm going to do it. Here, here's what I'm gonna, you're going to take this offering. You're going to give a chance for people to give. And, 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 and it's going to look stupid for, at times. And, and you probably may not take that much money, but if you continue to do it. I'm, that's, that's how I'm going to change the city. I'm not going to change the city because you're a good preacher. I'm not really going to change the city because you gather on the weekend. And I'm not going to really change the city because your worship team's pretty good. I'm not really going to change the city because you have a cool church called the Warehouse Church. But what if you had enough vision, Justin, if you would just begin to think outside the box? And like, like, what if church wasn't just about the weekend, but what if church is about the weekday? And, and, and all of a sudden, Joshua comes back to all the people he's leading. Okay, guys, this is what God told me to do. We're going to march around the walls once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, we're going to march around seven times. And Larry, you blow the trumpet. <laughs> what does Big Thor guy? They just follow Joshua. Had their little tights on and everything. Just skipping. But on the seventh day, on the seventh lap, when the trumpets blew, the walls came tumbling down. Why? Because Joshua had faith. 
Joshua had faith, Noah had faith, Moses had faith. How about this? Like, let's talk about this. Like, let's talk about Moses. Like, you're talking about somebody that's full of faith, couldn't even talk to his stuttering problem? My team will tell you that's how I relate a lot of my life. I feel like I'm in between a Moses and a Joshua. I'm trying to lead people out. I'm a stutterer. I, can't, I don't have enough self-confidence to do what God's called me to do. And I feel like if we don't move soon, I'm going to die short of the promise. And it was my fault. And somebody else, a Joshua's going to come later. And so I feel like personally, I'm in between a Moses and a Joshua. But what about Moses? How would you like to leave 1.5 million people? This is what God told him. He goes, hey, come over here and just, just dip your toe in the water. And the water is going to part. And when I part the water, take all your people across and your enemies are going to be squashed in the middle of, of the water when you reach the other side. That would have been pretty cool if you're the first person across. <laughs> I mean, this would, listen, listen, listen. This would have taken days, maybe weeks, possibly months to get 1.5 million people across. See, we got a picture in our feeble minds. The water parted, two steps and they were crossed, they were on the way. No, could you imagine the water being held up with walls for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time? What would you, how would it have been to be like number 1,499,999? She would have been. <laughs> I made it! Because let me tell you, faith will always make you look dumb. Yeah, yeah. You want to be cool, don't get no faith. <laughs> Ask Parkersburg, West Virginia for $5 million over five years. I'm an absolute idiot. But I don't, I, I got faith. Because I know if we just do what, what, what God has called us to do, He'll, he'll radically bless us in ways that, that we could never even know. I just know that if I'm obedient, I could give two flips about what you do. God will send somebody to another city that writes a check for $3 million to our ministry. He don't need you. you. You get the chance to put a seed. Can I tell you that our church is built off $150 checks every week? See, the perception is I'm a single mom working at Walmart. What does my tithe of $83, what does it even matter? It matters, honey. It matters, I promise you it matters. Our church is built off the sacrifice, not of the elite, but off of just the me and you, the average Joe, working mom and dad, that does everything that we can to scrape and get by everything. God is not caring about how many zeros at the end of your check. He sees the obedience of the heart. He's not interested, oh well, yep, yep, there they go, they're not giving it, no, 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 you're selling. He sees it. Faith always makes you look dumb. Faith is, it's, it, 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 you, you don't think Noah looked dumb building a big ship on dry ground? Have you been to the, the, the Noah's Ark in Kentucky? Seen that thing down there? The replica? He goes, anybody at all? Take your family on vacation. It would be a beautiful thing to do. But this, this massive boat, like I picture Noah with a hammer and a nail just every day. By faith, I'm going to please you, God. By faith. Because faith always makes you look dumb. And here's the thing. Faith never makes sense. I mean, faith very rarely ever makes sense because if it made sense, you could see it. But the fact that you can't see it tells me it never makes sense. God will always ask you to do something that you are unwilling to do on your own. And catch this, can't do it on your own. It's not designed to make sense. 
He wants you to stand up in the middle of all hell breaking loose in your life and in your marriage. God, you're a good God because I got faith. I got to end this thing real quick. If it don't scare you, it probably ain't God. Like things that God tells me to do, like you want me to change our service times again? Are you insane? Yeah, I want you to do it because I want you to build family. I want you to build a place where people don't got to come in like cattle and leave real fast, but I want you to create a place on the patio where people can connect. No. You know, I, I, that's going to make me look stupid. We just, we just changed it. I want you to do it. Because it very, very, very rarely ever, ever makes sense. And if it does, it probably, it probably ain't God. And here's the last thing I want to tell you. Quitting, it may be a feeling, but it definitely isn't an option. The, the, here's the, let, me, let me tell you this. Let me, let me try to say it calmly because I want to get this in your heart. It is easier to quit than it is to continue. I'm telling you. It is easier. It would have been easier for Noah to quit hammering those nails than to continue driving them and sweating in the, in the hot heat of the sun, not even seeing a raindrop fall. It's easier to quit your faith than it is to continue. How, why do you say that? Because you don't want the pain of unmet expectation that you think about every day that you step out of bed. It's easier to quit. It's, it's easier to quit. Like, I don't want pain. I don't want to feel the pain of an unmet promise or an unmet expectation. Let, let me just go ahead and quit. I just, I just want to give it back to you. I don't, I don't want to do it. I, I, don't, I don't want to take this step. I don't want to believe in faith. I don't want to pray for healing. I don't want to put a seed. I don't want to invite. I don't want to serve. I don't want to believe for my marriage. I just want to quit. Because I don't know if I can take another promise not being fulfilled in my life. But faith without works is dead. You have to have a moment where you say, God, I just simply need more faith. I'm not saying I need my life to be great. I just want to know that where I'm walking to, you're going to be there when I get there. I just want to know that when I finish walking through this dark moment, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, that when I, when I, when I just got to know that the fire is producing in me a faith that will eventually make me stronger. Because I need faith in me to get faith on me for eventually to get faith through me. What God is wanting to do in your life, he wants to get it in you, on you, and through you.